Welcome, everyone. This is the Bumcast. I am your host, HBIC, along with Baloney, and we are short a Juanito. And that was not a short joke, but we are we are missing a Johnny today. We uh, so we're gonna we are going to have a two man show today. Tag so team. yeah, we're gonna tag team this uh, episode of the Bumcast. Me and Baloney, we're gonna give you guys the best uh, breakdown we can. And uh, so so want to start off with today with the championship weekend and. I don't want to brag, but my pick for Super Bowl winners hit big, big winner, winner, chicken dinner. You guys are the big losers for picking the Packers. Look at my face. Does this look like a guy that's mad that his pick of the Packers going to the Super Bowl is bad? It, it does. It does not. It I'm does not, not losing any sleep over Aaron Rodgers losing once again in the NFC Championship. Nope. I, as no one, as no one should. Uh, but yes, I, I called it back in the wild card. I wanted Brady versus Mahomes, and that is the winner. So I think that we should all just listen to my hot takes when it comes to football from now on because I can't just predicted this many, many weeks ago. So Nostra um, Jason over there. Yes, yes. So Brady going to his first Super Bowl in Tampa Bay and it proves that, you know, he probably didn't need Belichick. He just needed a whole, whole lot of weapons around him. Together. Yeah, man. Shout out Tom Brady for uh, his first NFC championship. He now ties Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, and Rex Grossman for the same amount of NFC championships. Yeah, um, and so good, I, good I, I saw that stat. I was blown away. I just could not believe. And you've, I like, hasn't Rodgers been to two Super Bowls? I like, no, he hasn't. You know, yeah. he thought Brees. I, I maybe my memory just was fuzzy, or I'm thinking things I shouldn't have been thinking before, but I thought they made more than one, but yeah. So now he's going to, at his last year, maybe, or whatever, he's going to keep on going. He, he's probably the greatest NFC quarterback in the last 15 years. If, if he, if he, if they somehow win this year and then he comes back for next year and makes it far, he might be the best NFC quarterback. Like, like nobody else can compare. It's crazy. This guy just keeps doing it. I have a stat here for uh, Tom Brady. I mean, obviously, all of his stats are just ridiculous at this point. 10 Super Bowl starts, twice as many as any QB. 33 playoff wins, more than twice as many as any QB. First quarterback to win both both conferences. Second quarterback to get to the Super Bowl with two teams. So, I mean, it's just greatest ever, and it's not even close anymore. Yeah, and the fact that he did it in his first season with the Bucs, too, that just makes it even more impressive um but yeah and and shout out bruce arians too and i mean obviously i gave bruce arians a lot of shit for a lot of the press conference especially early in the year going at tom brady and saying like some of the things were his fault and stuff like that but obviously they got a good relationship bruce arians he's been coach of the year as an interim coach with the colts he's been coach of the year with arizona and now he's just going to the super bowl with uh tampa bay man i feel like sneaky he's a He's top of the line when it comes to head coaches. And he was awesome in Pittsburgh too. Um, he was a offensive coordinator in Pittsburgh for a couple of years too. So really good yeah. coach. And just to think that the bears could have had him, but they chose Mark Trestman instead. Well, it was the whole story of they, they wanted to do a mock interview, like a mock press conference yes. with Bruce Arians. Yes. And, and, and he was like, what is this? I'm like, I'm not doing this. And obviously Tressman did, and they went with Tressman, but I mean that's just another shows on shows the, the clown organization that we have in Hallis Hall. There is, and that was that was all Ted Phillips and George McCaskey. So I mean, we hark we we rag on them every. I didn't expect them to get called out this week, but um, yeah, that's just an, a, another example of their failures. So 
breaking down the the first two ga- the first game here, and I don't know what's going to happen in the future, but I myself am look very much looking forward to the Jordan Love era because I think that's going to go way downhill compared to Favre and Rogers. There is no way they can hit three in a row. That's just if they do, then I want whatever I want to be drinking whatever's in the water in Green Bay. We need to bring a bucket down to Hallis Hall and just you know, waterboard Ted Phillips with it or something because they can't it's, hit three in a row. Yeah, and it's going to come quicker than than people expect, I think, because that post-game press conference with Aaron Rodgers, he did not seem like a happy, happy camper. Nope. I know he put the blame on on Matt LaFleur. He was saying how it wasn't his decision to to kick the field goal. And then after that, he was talking about how there's a lot of uncertainties with this team, especially with a lot of the veterans on the team himself included he said so that just lit a fire under a lot of Packers asses um and it's gonna be a uncomfortable offseason up in Green Bay and I and look at the smile on my face so yes. like obviously there's radio but I'm I'm ear to ear right now um enjoying their their misery yeah and he you're right he did sound like he was definitely you know thinking about leaving I mean was he's 36 gonna be 37 37 yeah, so he's going to be 38. Uh, you got a quarterback in waiting. You know, it seems like this is the whole Favre-Rogers thing when he sat for the first year, and then they booted Favre out of town. So Yeah, I mean, and it it's interesting you repeating. mentioned it, but we don't know. I mean, at least I don't know enough about Jordan Love. Um, it'd be crazy if, if, they re- if, if he forces his way out is one. Like, if he could do whatever he wants, but he's still under contract for two more years. If he leaves... And they got Jordan. Like you're pushing out an MVP. Like he's gonna win the MVP this year. He's right. he's he was the best quarterback in the league this year, just for the fact that if they if they do that, it's, there's gonna be some civil unrest up in up in Wisconsin. I know that. They're right. They're right. Well, remember the people like own the team because it's a public company, so they might have to, you know, shut like do like a board a board meeting or something and just vote yeah. out the owner. <laughs> Emer- emergency press conference. Yeah. <laughs> But going to that game, though, yeah, I did not understand why LaFleur decided to kick the field goal on fourth and goal with what was, I think it was like, what, six, less than six minutes, three no, minutes left or something like 208. that? 208. 208 left. Fourth that, and goal, that, two, minute, two minutes and eight seconds left. It was the wrong decision, man. It just made so no dumb. sense. So However dumb. way you look at it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you have the MVP quarterback at the eight-yard line. If you can't get it there, what's the point of kicking a field goal expecting your defense to stop the best quarterback of all times. And then, and then still needing another touchdown. Yeah. It's not like that field goal, like did anything. No, no, they, they was, he was still had to throw like a hail Mary or something at the, in the last minute to try to, you know, tie the game at least, you know, especially when you miss a couple two point conversions as well. Yeah. Uh, that, that drop, that drop by St. John, that two point conversion it, in the end, it didn't really cost, but at that, at the time it was very costly. Um, but yeah, man, it was Matt LaFleur. He, and he's, I, I mentioned it in, in previous podcasts. I think he's a really good coach. He he, he's gotten that, that, that Green Bay team. But obviously today it was just maybe the, the, the bright lights were a little too bright for him or, or, or something. His brain broke. It made no sense to go for it. Yeah, maybe he got to look at the analytics or something and saw like the percentage increases. If you kick this field goal or something, I don't know. Sometimes you don't, you don't have to rely purely on analytics. You just got to go with your gut. 
I think I saw a quote by Saban or something that says at that point, I don't go with the, the play. I go with the player. Yeah. And- because the, the analytics don't account for having Aaron Rodgers on your side, but having Tom Brady on the other side. Yep. So it's like, it was, it was crazy, man. It was the wrong decision, but I mean, like, like I said, I'm going to keep saying it. Look at the smile on my face. Smile, smiles away. Um, I guess I could say that's a true smiles and cries. Exactly. <laughs> Crying in Green Bay right now. Uh, but that was a really good game, though. And yeah, I think that even though Mike Evans almost cost him that game on three separate occasions, well, fucking that guy. For it. That was that a, guy he had a bad game. Couldn't, couldn't stop dropping. And he's awesome, dude. I, I really yeah. like Mike Evans. He's a gutsy player. He's played hurt for a lot of the, 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 the end of the season, and he's gutting out performances, and he's usually sure-handed. So for the fact that he, he had a couple of drops and one of them, I will say was overthrown by Brady. The one where he, uh, he tipped it. Yeah. He had jump interception, it. but still, man, Evans had a really bad game, but, uh, but they overcame it. They, the, the Bucks, man. And we talked about it. You, you picked them. They're just loaded top to bottom and, and their defense, man. Shout out Todd Bowles. He's got that defense playing well, man. Yeah. So it'll be interesting once we get to the next game um and, and we'll break down the the super bowl in later shows and stuff like that we got a couple we got some yeah, we time, got a couple but, weeks but todd Bowles' defense going up against the speed of kansas city will be very interesting because Bowles has this guy has these guys playing well but i feel like the speed is uh, a different animal yeah so that that was a that was a really great game and then for the sunday night game the chiefs and the bills Game started off really slow. Bills looked like they were going to kind of all gas, no breaks dead in the first the first quarter. And then the, the same song and dance we've seen from Mahomes time and time again, you put him down and he's just going to come back and stomp on your throat. And next thing you know, you're down two scores. Yeah. And that, so that's that what, just came out. out of that nowhere. was the first thing I said was no lead is safe with Kansas City. The Bills started hot. And they got they got up nine zero and and I know it should have been ten zero but it doesn't matter at that point double digit lead you you can't you can't be safe because Mahomes and that that offense they'll put up points in bunches and it seemed like once Casey started going the Bills had no answer for them and then Josh Allen I feel like another one of the guys that the bright lights maybe were just a little bit too bright. I, I, I had a feeling, I said it last week, the Bills were maybe a year away. This was a good step in the right direction, yeah. obviously, for them. They got to the AFC Championship game. But it just seemed like they were they were a notch below Kansas City uh, pedigree-wise, you know? Like, yes. everybody in Kansas City had been there before. They didn't panic. They didn't, you know, like, they've seen everything they needed to see. And the Bills, obviously, this is their first time. So it was just a matter of time before Kansas City ran away with it, and that's what that's what happened. And I will say, watching that game, Josh Allen in this offseason needs to learn when to throw the goddamn ball away. Yeah, man. He can't be right. taking 20, 20 yard sacks every time trying to so scramble out of the pocket. That's exactly what I was thinking was uh, the Josh Allen super sacks were back. He had a big problem with that last season. And, and, and part of his de- development from this year from last year was the fact that he wasn't taking those sacks because obviously he's a scrambling quarterback and he could outrun people. But a lot of the times what got them in trouble last year was that he was doing too much and it kind of got away from him and it happened again today. And that's what I wrote down was like the super sacks are back. Obviously he's going to learn from this because you can't be doing that, dude. There is multiple times where he's running backwards 10 yards and, and it took too long to throw it away or you just didn't throw it away in time. And 
in the long run, it really didn't matter, but it was going to come in time when it really does. And I think Josh Allen is the type of quarterback. He's going to learn from these mistakes. The, the, the steps he took from last year to this year were gigantic. And if, if it trends in the right direction, he's going to be a good quarterback for a long time. Yeah, especially if you're scheming a linebacker to – you know, watch him and make sure he he stays in the pocket and doesn't try to scramble. As soon as they see any type of, you know, divergence from, divergence from the pocket, they're going to just, you know, get him on both sides and push him backwards. Yeah. And then next thing you know, at 15, 20 yards and he's sacked. And yeah. he, he needs to, as soon as that pressure comes, you know, if he doesn't have a lane, get rid of it. And that's got to be just like one, one, two, boom. Like he's not, he's not going to take the, he's not going to be able to beat Mahomes going forward if, he doesn't make those those tiny adjustments because I, w- I really want to yeah. see a more I was hoping for a more competitive game than what it was um I I thought the game started really slow you know and I even tweeted at halftime I think it was around halftime that the way both teams were playing I don't see how any of any of them would beat Brady because Brady's just going to dissect those those defenses both KC and Buffalo's defenses were kind of middle of the road as far as points allowed passing you know percentage um green bays was actually better and he tore green Bay's defense apart so it's going to be interesting to see but the way those two two, two teams were playing today I, I think i have to put my money on brady still to to win it'll be interesting i think i'm going the other way and and like i said we'll preview it um in upcoming episodes but i think the speed of kansas city and that offense still has a little bit more firepower than tampa bay but it's gonna be awesome hopefully um, obviously we were hoping Tampa Bay green Bay was one of those heavyweight fights and it ended up being that type of fight, that type of game. And I'm expecting the same thing in the, in the super bowl. So yeah, I'm excited, man. I think it's, it's people have been saying it's, it's the, the young goat versus the, the goat and, um, you know, like the, the Jedi versus the Padawan stuff like that. So <laughs> yep. It'll be good. Yeah. And I think with, uh, I, I there's another, uh, bit of news too is that i read that their star i don't know his name but the chief star uh left tackle went down with an yeah. achilles injury so yeah. he's probably out for the super bowl and that's going to be a big i i, I can already see sue is just foaming at the mouth right now getting ready yeah that was a tough to loss i think he, he he went out the uh, at the right in the beginning of the fourth quarter but like um that you had teammates on the bench consoling him and stuff like that so you know whenever it's one of those scenes you know it's it's bad news the other thing i have is obviously Pat Mahomes, he still lights out, but that turf toe is is definitely hurting him. Um, it, it was noticeable last week, and it was really noticeable this week. He's obviously still playing awesome, but hopefully he's got two weeks to recover a little bit, and, and he could go full blast 100% because a lot of the times, this turf toe injuries, it sounds minor, but for it really depends on the player. Sometimes uh, I mean, a lot of times you need surgery for, for a turf toe injury. So we never know. Hopefully he got it out. Hopefully he gets better. Cause I want to see both these quarterbacks at hundred percent. Yep. So when we get uh, Johnny back, we'll uh, preview some of the break down the Super Bowl for the next couple of weeks, have some predictions. I'm going to go right off the bat and say bucks over the, Ch- the chiefs, just because of Brady's been there so many times already knows what he's got to do. And we're going like, to, we'll have to do a, a six pack bet or, or a 12 pack. I think, I think both bottle. of you already owe me a sandwich bet for my, for my. All right. So I'll get you like... a Pepo sandwich. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, for the Super Bowl because I'm, I'm riding with KC. So maybe a nice bottle of bourbon or something. We'll yes, figure it out. Yes. So 
In other football news, the Bears have ended their defensive coordinator search, and they hired from within, as we all predicted. Um, they hired Sean Desai. Desai? Yeah, I think I it's Desai. Desai. Um, so he was, I believe, a defensive assistant, uh, quality control. Now he, he's been with the team since 2013, brought under Mark Trestman. When I first saw that, I was like, God damn it. Do we, do we really need to bring back the vaunted Mark Trestman defenses? But apparently he's got a lot of good grades, so and well respected. So yeah, I'm, I'm he was the safeties. He was a safeties coach for a long time, and the safeties under under the for the Bears for a while now has been is, is pretty good. And the the biggest attribute I would say was that he was um, he was Vic Fangio's right hand man. He was he was his guy. Um, and like you said, he he's been tenured since two thousand three, so he's doing something right. And I'm happy. I'm happy that they hired from within. I didn't want them to bring someone else or disrupt that defense. He obviously has a good relationship with everyone on that yep. team. And it's a good opportunity for him, man. So I hopefully in my head, like what I'm thinking is for some reason, if he could get this team playing how they, they were playing in 2017, 2018, that defense, and, and, and he's got them flying around again. Um, when Matt Nagy, eventually gets fired maybe he takes over like because a lot of the times that's what teams like this need is is a fresh face but someone from within you know yeah so we'll see it'll be interesting yeah i i think that definitely helps that they know him and every and everything like that and like you said as long as he has that continuity and he can't he can't be he can't be worse than chuck pagano i mean it's as as long as he schemes and makes second half adjustments and knows how to blitz and it'll be really interesting to see if he switches it up and goes, it sticks with the three, four goes to a four, three. I don't really know what his defensive philosophy is. I think the well, Bears probably need to... stuff. So I think that, like you said, you mentioned they, they may be switching it up or a little bit. Hopefully they, I think it's going to be the last year under this scheme. Uh, yeah. We'll see. Yeah. I, I personally prefer a four, three. I think that it, for what the bears have, as far as like with the linebackers, I think, they're better suited for a four, three. Yeah. But that being I, said, I, think, like, I think with Khalil Mack needs to do what he can as well. And he'll do better yeah. in a four, three. That being said, like, so I was reading it or especially because of this, the rumors of the three, four, four, three, most NFL teams, especially nowadays in this day and age, they're only in their base coverage at most 30% of the time. Right. It's a lot nickel. It's a lot of dime. dime everybody's yeah. throwing, everybody's throwing. So in the long run, I don't think it makes that big of a difference, especially for next year, because we, we don't expect them to contend. Um, but I will say, that, uh, going back to the hire, is um, I got a couple quotes from from former players and players, and everybody seems to be on 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 Sean Desai, so it's a good thing. Um, Sam Acho, who who is a now he's a star in the sports media world, um, but he was a former Bear. He says. The Bears don't have to look far for the next defensive coordinator. Sean Desai has been ready for that role for years. He was Fangio's right-hand man and helped craft that defense to greatness. Smart, talented, knows ball, and has the credentials. All he needed was the opportunity. So right when I read that, I'm like, yes, like hopefully he's right. And then Kyle Long said the same thing. He said, Desai's the man. My rookie year, he drew the cards for the scout defense. He was Running, he was running scout meetings, worked his way all the way up, has always been the same guy too, well-deserved. So um, if these former players um, seem like they're all happy with the, with the, uh, 
with the hire, yeah. that, that could only be a good thing. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see how the Bears do better next year. Hopefully they take, they go back, like you said, to the 2017, 2018. And um, so in the other, in the other news with, with football is with Detroit, the Lions and Matthew Stafford have agreed to part ways. And my eyes just went, Ooh, okay. You know, you don't really see that too many trades in the, the division, but um, yeah, I think he comes a lot cheaper than Watson does. And all we really need, like we talked about in previous podcasts, all we need with this defense is just an average offense and Stafford will give us an average offense. Granted, Pace gives him a couple of good wide receivers to throw to, you know, but I, I think that you're going to obviously mortgage. You can't mortgage the whole farm for, for Watson. You can't afford his contract next after, after 21 bears wouldn't be able to afford his contract with at 40 plus million each year with the, what they have tied into the defense. So I would say let's, let's kick the tires on that. Well, you nailed it. You nailed it. You hit the nail on the head. It's, the there you don't see much interdivision trading so i don't see a scenario where the lions would trade matt stafford to the bears but i said it he's the best he's he would be the perfect bridge quarterback yep a veteran quarterback that can play that gets us to hopefully our franchise quarterback in the draft whether it's this year next year or whatever um i just don't see the lions being able to trade to the to the bears especially i I mean obviously our rivals is the the packers but i mean there's no love loss between anybody in this division but Um, it all depends on how many draft picks you give up you get if you're giving them two ones i mean and that's the best that the lions are getting maybe they maybe they pull the trigger I would not give up two ones for Matt Stafford. okay i'm just i'm just but ryan Ryan pace would be stupid enough to do yeah Two two ones and his and his because remember how we talked about with pace in his last season he's gonna go for broke and he's gonna try to he's gonna mortgage the yeah. the future away to get for the win now so he can get his his contract renewed. I don't even know how how old is Stafford. He's gonna get what mid 30, 34, 35? I think he's like thirty fourth. I think he's thirty four. Um, don't hold me to that, but I believe he's nope. thirty four. I got I got some stats on him. Uh, sneaky. I mean, obviously we knew he was good. He was really good on some very bad teams for a long time. Um. 45,000 passing yards, 282 touchdowns, 144 interceptions, and a QB average of 89.9. So a 90 QB rating um, and two to one touchdowns, the interception ratio. Um, He's been very good on some very bad teams. Yep. Um, If he, obviously, if he's available, I I think he's immediately at the top of the list. I mean, obviously the guy in Houston, Watson is, is, one a obviously but but I don't he, think we're he come with sal- rather, salary and right. draft capital i don't would think be, we're getting would, do, yeah. would be too much i'm to... already i'm already throwing that out yeah but a lot of these rumors of like matt ryan i don't like matt ryan i think matt stafford is better than matt ryan um and then well you know, I, I i read i read somewhere too that magic the, or those i read somewhere too that the new coach in uh atlanta is is high on matt ryan and thinks he can bring him back to his mvp ish levels before, you know, I mean, he's older, but we'll see. Um, the reason why I want Matthew Stafford is just for the period that he knows the division better than any of the other quarterbacks that the Bears yeah. could trade for. And that's always a one-up advantage if you know how to play against the Green Bay and Minnesota defense. And he knows the Lions defense pretty much in and out too. So, so I just... saw this rumor. 
I saw this rumor, and it's because of uh, it's Pat McAfee. Obviously, Pat McAfee, he's a podcaster, internet personality now, former Indianapolis Colts punter. Um, but he's been saying Stafford to the Colts for a while now, even before really? this happened. Yeah. Um, and and that would make perfect sense. Obviously, he's going from NFC to AFC. I feel like the Colts are a quarterback away from really making noise, especially because their defense, um, their defense is pretty good. And they got offensive weapons, man. That rookie running back. Um, I know T.Y. Hilton's a free agent, but they got players. Um, I think it would be a perfect fit. Um, Stafford to the Colts. Um, it'll, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens this off season. Yeah. Um, I, and, and all, all over, I feel like there's going to be major moves all over the place. Yeah. This is going to be a, one of the, it's going to be one of those like NBA type off seasons. Yeah, exactly. People are going to be moving. People are trying to make moves. It's going to be almost like hot stove, but, but yeah. for NFL. And I, 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 in the end of the day, I'm trying to be very hopeful and optimistic here, but I kind of, the, the pessimist in me kind of knows that Watson and Stafford are, not happening so we'll probably get like you said get stuck with fitz magic or yeah that's Derek thing. Carr like, or something which i wouldn't mind yeah. Derek carr but i have a feeling it's just it's going to be the mid-tier options just because of what we can afford for salary cap and what pace is going to try to do to salvage the season his era his contract and his, his career yeah yeah it, it's 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 just going to be i think just football hell for the next couple of years and i hope i really hope i'm wrong but I haven't, we haven't seen anything that proves that pace is going to actually I will do say, anything to make we've us better. Been, we've been pretty bad on, on all the front office. If somehow the, the unrest is actually true and Aaron Rodgers forces his way to San Francisco or something, this division's wide open. Like that, then, then it's a whole new game, man. It goes from tank and, and get the pick to, who knows? Because none of these teams besides the Packers were any good this year. Um, I don't believe in the Vikings. And if Rogers somehow, I'll pray, I'll, I'm doing the sign of the cross now and praying he, th- this is all true. And he wants out. He wants to go to California. He's from Northern California. Um, and if, yeah, if send, it's him, the send Jordan, him to the 49ers, <laughs> if it's the Jordan, if it's the Jordan love era, it's a whole new ball game in the yep. NFC North. And, until he lights up, the bears for don't say that don't put that <laughs> they, they've had like 30 goddamn years with the a plus quarterback so i don't i don't want any they, of the packers need their own mitch trubisky god yeah. damn it they need that i want that juju cast on them for once all right so wrapping up the football talk the other big story of the weekend was the return of conor mcgregor to the ufc octagon in unglorious fashion Sec, second round TKO to Dustin Portier, and that that just proves you cannot take any time off in the octagon because he got his legs chopped up from under him. And I thought he had it in the first round, and then yeah, he, Portier adjusted, took out his legs, and then just took him down. I I text you. I was not expecting that whatsoever. And Dustin Portier, give him give him credit. He's been really good since since the last time these two guys fought. Um, it was six years ago. They're both very different fighters now. Um, but yeah, I don't think McGregor was ready for, he just didn't make adjustments. He wasn't ready to, to actually go through a, a five round fight because he was doing all the Conor McGregor things in the first round. And it won him the first round, even though Poirier had that, that takedown. Yeah. Um, but you were right. He was eating a lot of leg kicks and they mentioned it and I noticed it. By the end of the first round, he had bruises and welts all over that front foot. 
Um, and he just didn't make adjustments to him. He was he was trying to bully Poirier to fight McGregor style. And 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 a guy like Poirier, man, he's top class. And yeah. and he just waited. He was smart about it. And and he picked them off. Um, it was shocking. I was not expecting it. But then again, like you said, and he said it too, like you gotta be in that ring. You gotta be in that octagon. You you yeah. just can't you can't what take time off like that. It wasn't that long ago. It was a year ago. Yes, yeah, it say, was it's against. Been, it's been at least a it year. It was, but it was against Cowboy, and that fight lasted all of one minute. Oh yeah. And before that's, that, that's right. it yeah. was Khabib. So technically, he hadn't really fought in more than two years. The the Cowboy fight, that really didn't count, man. It was basically a no, sparring it, session, and and it was over before it even started. Yeah, and all the hopes and dreams of a Khabib coming out of retirement or not retiring, whatever is up with up with him. So those, those dreams of that rematch are kind of dashed. So where I, I mean, is, is Connor, is Connor kind of jumped the shark on his, his career now? I mean, he's been fighting for, you know, at a high level in the octagon for what I want to say eight, nine years now. I mean, yeah. is, is the time off think... between the boxing and everything kind of just, you know, father time finally caught up with him. I think he won't reach the level. He was a two. He was a two belt champ right. at one point. There's no way he gets to that level at his no. age, but he's still the number one draw in the UFC. And if he's still hungry, and he said it himself, he wants. He told Ariel Helwani he wants to fight three times this year. It doesn't matter. I don't care if it's a tomato can. I don't care if it's a rematch with Poirier. He's gonna draw, and we're gonna watch it. Yep. So my my hope is that. Maybe he gets an, another fight soon or soon-ish, maybe in four months or so. doesn't matter who. And then they get that Poirier fight. Because, he, I mean, obviously, they're one-to-one. He still deserves the rematch. They, they could do that again, run it back. But um, there's, there's a lot of options. Um, the one thing I will say, um, the, the co-main event, Michael Chandler, he, he looked I was, awesome. was going to bring that up next. That guy, the former Bellator champ, he yep. came in and he just put on a show and I was like, well, he, I don't know. I, I don't watch any Belder. Um, he was good for a long I time. He was, I was blown away. I was like, this guy's fucking awesome. And I want to see who he gets next. The problem is he's 34 as well. I feel like he took too long to get here. And obviously he was, he was the Bellator champ and he was the best lightweight outside of the UFC for a long time. He's beaten Eddie Alvarez. He's beaten Benson Henderson twice. Um, but even if he's here, he said it himself. He's like, I'm not here for a long time, but I'm here for, for a good time. Um, if he somehow goes on a run, um, he could make noise in the light, light heavy or lightweight division. Yeah. Um, he is really good. He's getting up there in age, but um, he, I mean, the sky's the limit with him. He's, he's, he's top class. So even if they give him, give Michael Chandler, um, Conor McGregor, McGregor has uh, no shortage of options. Right. Um, I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you next. What do you think? Does he fight Diaz? Does he f- go after? Do yeah, so Does he go uh, someone else, maybe a l- lesser rank, to get him? You know, like a another match under his, you know, conditioning. Yeah. So I think now is the perfect time to run back the Diaz trilogy and and and, and kind of get that at light at lightweight. Um, I think McGregor is best at one fifty five. Yeah, I don't. Um, I don't want to think- see him drop the featherweight. In- or go up because he's fought at like yeah, and, yeah, well, he, so. No, that, so that didn't it's, work it's out. It's 155, well 155 or bust. He looks his best at this at this weight class. But yeah, man, I, I, I run it back with Poirier. You could do Chandler. You could do 
you could do Diaz or you could just, you know, somebody easier. Like I said, either not, I don't want to say a tomato can, but just someone not like I said, low, a lower level. rank. Cause he's probably going to drop yeah. down the rankings to either yeah, uh, probably five or six now. So maybe he yeah. gets around the seven or eight fighter just to get some, yeah. some, you know, cardio under him and get his, yeah. it's, it's like, it's like what football players say, like they can do a practice all they want until you get in the pads until you get tackled and you get hit, then it's a whole different ball game. And I feel well, like that, that's the and, same thing with UFC fighters. You can spar all you want until you're actually taking real shots to the leg and real shots to the face. And that's what, and there's a story um, Khabib after the fight tweeted, that's what happens when you change your team, leave the sparring partners who made you a champion and spar with little kids far away from reality. There was rumors that Connor switched camps and hasn't been, I know he moved his camp to Portugal, but there was rumors that he, he switched coaches and, and switched camps and switched tactics and stuff like that. He denied him. He denied him after the fight he, saying like, I don't know what Khabib's talking about. Um, but yeah, man, like it takes time. And obviously the, the bright lights, the commercials, the proper 12, all that stuff takes time away from what you should be doing. Right. Um, and if he wants to get back at it, I mean, he's got to really dedicate himself. And I don't know if he wants to with all the money he has already. Yeah. I mean, I don't, if he if he's really serious about this and he wants to get back to being king of the lightweights, I don't want to see any more of the boxing shit with Mayweather or Logan Paul or Jake Paul, any of the fucking Pauls. Pacquiao. He, he's been talking about Pacquiao, Pacquiao for years. shit. Don't yeah. don't do that shit. Just stick with the UFC. Don't take years off between a year off between fights. Like you said, do the three or four. Because what was it like when he was um, double champ? Didn't he fight like five times that year? Uh, four times, I think. Four the times. Most yeah, I mean, but, th- but that's the saying. And not only that, but if he does want to do the Pacquiao fight or the Logan Paul fight or do whatever he wants, he's got three more fights on his deal. Fight it out. Just just do your do your thing, make it a going away party. And, yeah. and, and then you do what, whatever you want. I will say though, if he does go away, that's going to suck because I have written down nothing beat beats a big fight feel. Um, I don't care. I, I mean, I'm a soccer fan. Um, like I love the world cup I, I, and, and that's my number one, but like something about boxing and UFC big fights, like, like feels different, especially with the walkouts and, and the hype behind them yeah. and stuff like that. And the UFC is going to definitely be missing that if, if Connor decides to hang it up soon. Yeah. And I, and I will say like, you know, for us back in the day, we were big, big rabid, you know, UFC fans making sure we caught, caught all the pay-per-views every, every month. And kind of now, like with UFC, they're kind of do the same thing where WWE does, where they don't let the stars make themselves. They kind of hold them down. And when those guys leave, I don't like I'm watching the card and like, I don't really know any of these new guys that yeah. that are on the card, you know, and you got John Jones, he's, you know, in rehab or whatever the fuck he's doing right now. You know, Brock isn't in it anymore. You know, a lot of the, the um, Cormier he's done. So, I mean, a lot of these guys that you would, that were drawing besides McGregor, they're not, you know, they're not there anymore. So I, I think that UFC needs to let some of these new guys like make their, make their star known like McGregor had like John Jones did so they can be more of those draws when those, when McGregor finally does decide to hang it up. Yeah. And, and like you said, we used, we never missed a pay-per-view. There was a couple of years where we were watching everything and I was soaking yep. up all the UFC content I could. And I feel like a lot of it had to do with once they switched and left um, spike and, and Fox sports and stuff like that. Um, and they went to ESPN plus a lot of the times, if it's not on regular TV, I'm not going out to search for it right. because there's always there's always a game. There's always something on regular TV that I couldn't be watching. 
Um, yeah, and, and I can't and I and I can't afford fifteen pay per views a year. Exactly, it's it's, it's too it's too oversaturated, and especially now at seventy dollars a pay per view, that's outrageous. Um, yeah, especially when they don't have the the drawing power. So no, I mean I watched the Miritic fight next next month. You know, and yeah. that, was it Miritic yeah. Naganu? I'll yeah, be, I'll and Francis Francis Naganu, if he gets by Stipe, he could be the next star, the big the next heavyweight star. Um, but Stipe is no joke and he's not going to want to give up that belt. So that's going to be a good fight. Um, highly recommend, obviously. I mean, and I said next month, I meant March. I th- or is it? No, it is next month. It is next month. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and same thing with, there's no Ronda anymore either. So like, uh, you know, there are a lot of their women who were the initial draws too. They left, but you got Amanda Nunez, who's fucking awesome. So yeah, the problem with Amanda Nunez and it's no fault of her own. She's just not marketed correctly. Right. She can be a gigantic star. That, she, that's my whole point. Like the UFC doesn't yeah. let their, their doesn't market their guys cor- and women correctly yeah. to let them get to that star level. Like they, like the Chuck Liddell's and the exactly. Tito Ortiz or, or were, you know, the Vanderlei Silva's like those guys, like you, they're fighting and you wanted to see them fight. Like you weren't missing that shit. And I think a lot of it has to do with Dana White. A lot of the times Dana White has been sp- like very adamant that UFC is the star of the show. There's no one fighter bigger than UFC, but that's backwards ass thinking, man. Yep. You need stars. And a lot of the times the Tito Ortiz's, the Chuck Liddell's, the Anderson Silva's, they kind of put the colds to Dana White White's fire. You know, like they wanted to call the shots and, and, and you know, wanted raises and wanted to do their own thing. And that's what drives Dana Wright crazy. Like he kind of wants to be the dictator, wants to control yep. everything. But when you have stars like this, you can't, man. Just make them stars and yeah. then worry about it later. Yeah. And the new stars will build up the old star. The old exactly. stars will build up new stars in, in fights and everything. Yeah. It's like, like I, like I said, the whole WWE thing. Like, you know, there's no Stone Cold Rock Undertakers, Triple H's yeah. anymore. Like they just go to the well to with the old guys to, to draw. They don't have anyone new that's like that mega star anymore so i hope i hope the ufc kind of changes i think they i think they need to definitely to bring in the more casual fan and is definitely cut back on the number of events because having an event every week having 15 pay-per-views a year it it's it's too much i i can't i can't get that much invested in it now at my age where it's i can devote you know, one or two weekends a month to watch yeah. sitting down and not doing anything and watching a UFC and spending money and having friends come over. And it, it's not happening anymore. They, they definitely need, I know their roster is pretty, you know, bloated right now with all the divisions, but they need to definitely cut back on some of those events to make the cards bigger and more, yeah, like more of a draw and more watchable. Make so, it more demand. Yes, exactly. So, all right, we're going to wrap up the UFC talk there. And the other news that just broke uh, earlier today was the Bulls and Grizzlies game got uh, postponed. That was supposed to be on Wednesday. Uh, COVID for Memphis. So they're all in the protocol. And I will say that the Bulls had one hell of a week besides the Lakers. That was a very, very nice offensive performance. And I, like I tweeted the other day, dare I say it, Bulls offensive juggernaut. Yeah, I, I mean, I said it. They were a, they're a wagon. Their offense is a wagon, a mini wagon, maybe like a station wagon so far. Nothing, <laughs> nothing too big. But they're awesome. I mean, they're fun to watch, and that's what we've been they saying. We we're gonna keep saying saying it. Um, this this young Bulls team and Billy Donovan have has them playing 
competitive basketball. That's what we've been asking for for years. Um, I have a quote from Kobe White on Billy Donovan. And he was saying, he keeps it real. The other day, he called me out during film. He's going to keep it honest with you and everyone else on the team. And I respect that. He wants us to be winners. He's got a straight up attitude and he's a straight up dude. I, I got a lot of respect for him. And that quote, when I read it, was completely opposite of anything anyone was saying about Jim Boylan last year. And Hoiberg, and he, too, going back exactly, to Exactly, and, and Hoiberg. Um, he's got these, these young players believing, and yep. it's awesome to watch, and, it, and, and it's evident on the product on the court because we're actually watching Bulls games this year. Um, so it's fun, man. Um, it's exciting. Obviously, there's going to be games. We've said it before. There's going to be games like the Lakers game where they're just outclassed. They're outtiered. Yeah. Like you just can't, that, you can't expect them to compete every week. I mean, every game, especially against these big teams, but they're fun to watch. And that's all I can ask for. Yeah. I mean, when they played the Lakers a couple of weeks ago, obviously Lakers didn't have AD and the Bulls hung in that game. Now they had LeBron AD back and they just got destroyed. And Lakers are the best, you know, defensive team in the league. And I didn't look at the stats since Saturday, uh, but Bulls were the fourth most points in the league per game, which yeah. you're thinking yeah. like, wow, okay, this is fucking great to watch. Like Bulls out fourth in the league in points per game. But even though Lakers were very, are very good defensively and LeBron's always been a good defender, same thing with AD they just missed too many shots and they, they they just had an off night at the basket. I don't think as much as the Lakers are good defensively, Bulls just missed way too many shots that they could have, they could have made. They didn't drive yeah, when almost, they should have. Against these great a, teams, you night. have to play it. You have to play a perfect game. And if you're off, if you're, if you, even if it's a one quarter off, you're yep. going to get blown out. Um, yep. And and it's just, it was just a bad night. They chalk it up to a bad night. Um, they're learning. It's a young team. But all we could ask for that is them to get um, competitive. I will say, um, Zach Levine, we were kind of 50-50 beginning of the year on him. Um, he's proven a lot of doubters wrong, um, saying that he can't be the star of this team. And he's missed a couple game-winning shots, and I get that. But he's basically all offense all the time, man. Yeah. Um, he was fourth in points per game. I think he dropped the ninth per points per game. But he's averaging, what, like 27 a game, 20, 26, 27 is a game. His That's rating in, uh, his rating in 2K went up to an 87. Yeah, so so I think I'm starting to say like maybe don't trade. Like obviously we were saying like he could be a trade piece for something else. He could be the something else. At this point, there's not many better players, especially offensively, than Zach Levine. Well, so if if they and if they do decide to trade him, his trade value just skyrocketed. Yeah. Now so, now you're going to be getting a couple ones for him if you decide to to move him. So yeah, I mean, it, I think the if the Bulls wanted to, you know, build for the future, they could consider trading him because Kobe White's fucking awesome. Yeah, like that that guy is going to be, and Patrick Williams is blown away expectations so far. So let's just let's just say that those two guys are are they're not going anywhere. Laurie, probably he's going to stay. Let's see, see what they what, what they want. He wants a contract, but if if he did leave, I don't think I would be as upset as if they traded you know, um Kobe White or, or Patrick Woods, which they wouldn't. Yeah, they're 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 the mainstay. They're they're staying on this team. Right. Those are the guys you build around. And the fun the one thing I will say that I enjoyed too was when the game against Charlotte the other day, they were just nailing threes left and right. That was I thought I was watching a Golden State Warriors game with all those threes they were draining. 
it's just fun to watch offensive basketball. And, and it was funny because uh, shout out to our buddy, Joey P. Um, I, I said, I just wish they played a little bit of defense. I mean, he, he chirped back at me, like who plays defense in this day's NBA? It just doesn't happen. So I think in my head, I just got to start focusing on just outscoring people. That's all you got to do is. Could, could is, you imagine is, is, 92 Jordan in this year in the league this year, he'd be putting up 80, 90, hundred points a game. <laughs> well, well that, or he'd be fouling out in the first quarter because he was so <laughs> physical on defense, yeah. all the hand checks and all, all the elbows. Yeah. I mean, I love Michael Jordan. He might've fall. He, he falls out in the first quarter because it's a completely <laughs> different, completely different NBA. Thinking, thinking Lambeer and Ewing are at the <laughs> rim every time. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Bulls, uh, Bulls game canceled Wednesday. So we'll we'll see we'll check it with them later this week and see how they're doing but very very good offensive performance from them. Um, so before I wrap up the podcast, we're gonna just do our quick small business shout out. It's gonna be a two man team today, and uh, go ahead, Peter, start us off here. I got another place where uh, I know you're a fan of. I feel like every every other week I'm picking places where me and you used to go for lunch or yep. or we do. Uh, uh, double date nights and stuff like that. But uh, my place is in Oak Lawn, Illinois. It's Deja Brew Bar and Grill, um, 5219 West 95th Street in Oak Lawn. Um, my wife, she's a very picky eater. Uh, she loves that place. Um, and it's just a bar and grill. It's pub food. Um, but they got really good appetizers and burgers. Um, she likes the filet sliders. Um, the beer cheese mini burgers are good. Um, the Santa Fe chicken rolls and the mac and cheese bites. Mac and cheese bites are out of this world. Um, but what I like, and especially now that things are opening up and stuff like that, um, their beer selection is awesome. It's one of the places on the south side where I know they're gonna have something I want. I'm gonna want to drink. Their craft beers are awesome. Um, nowadays, you could find Lagunitas anywhere, but they had them way back in the day. My first time ever drinking Lagunitas Citrusinesis was at Deja Brew. And that's what, still one of my favorite beers. That's a good beer. Um, so, yeah, I can't recommend them enough. Deja Brew Bar and Grill on 95th Street in Oakland. I had some good memories there watching the 05 White Sox playoff runs. I think I, I think I caught a World Series game there and a, and a game when they were playing against Boston, too. It's a great it's a great yeah. place to, to go for lunch. It's a great place to go on a date night. They have a patio, a back patio. That's kind of nice. Um, but especially just like a weekend, go, go grab dinner, go watch a game. It's, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. Um, so my, uh, small biz shout out, I'm going to keep it nice, short and sweet. Mine's in an area we haven't really touched on so far and that's in Wrigleyville. Um, and that's my, my friends over at the country club, which is the former rebel bar and grill. Um, they did a rebranding a couple of years ago and turned it into a country themed bar and, in the holidays, they turn it into the Christmas club. Um, I got a couple, couple friends who uh, work up there and we had many, many great times back in the rebel days. But as you know, at Wrigleyville and, you know, that's baseball town, no fans there. They, they definitely, uh, it's the best. I think it's the best bar on Clark by far for a good time. Um, if you're not going there to, if you're, if you're, if you're going up for the game or whatever, you know, definitely stop in there for a drink if once the fans are allowed back in the in the stadium. But yeah, my friends up there, I've had many good times there on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday nights. They just want a good no, you know, no frills bar, good country music. Stop up a country club in Wrigleyville. Shout out uh, Barstool Big Cat. I think he it's one of his favorite places in the city. 
Um, I know. I think he he has a friend that manages the place or something. So maybe you guys yeah, know Bil- the same people. Billy, gotta go. Gotta go. Gotta go say hi to Billy up at Country Club. Cool. So, all right, we're gonna wrap up the uh, Monday edition of the Bumcast as always with our weekly What a Bum, where we're just gonna say who we hated on the most during the week. And since it's a two man show today, go ahead. Go again first, Peter. All right. So uh, my my What a Bum. Um, is everyone involved with the UFC, ESPN Plus, Disney Plus debacle, basically. So it's Dana White, Mickey Mouse, ESPN, whoever it is. Um, Dana White, especially before this McGregor fight, was talking about how he was going after the illegal streamers and the bootleggers and stuff like that, saying, we're coming for your ass. You're not coming for everyone because you can't fix your own shit. Um, <laughs> we had a big issue. My sister and my dad, my dad barely watches UFC. He, 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 he likes it whenever it's on, but he doesn't know the big names or anything, but he knows Conor McGregor. He wanted to watch Conor McGregor and my sister as well. There's nothing to do on a Saturday night. They ordered the fight on ESPN plus $70 for this fight. And they basically weren't able to watch it. And a lot of people were going through the same thing. JJ Watt tweeted about it, that he couldn't watch it because there was um, issues with the paying systems. Um, I know a lot of their own fighters were tweeting about it. I mean, that's just embarrassing. Yeah. Um, and you, you can't, can't say, you're, you can't say we're going after illegal streamers. And then guess what, motherfucker? That's how we watched it. I, I, I found a stream. I went to my sister's house or my sister, and my dad's house. We, I, I, I streamed it we paid for it. So what are you going to do? My sister paid for it, but we ended up watching a bootleg stream because their shit works better than, than Disney plus ESPN plus. So for that reason, um, it's a joke. You can't be doing this, especially when people are paying this much money. $70 is a shit ton along with the monthly subscription. Could you imagine if if at a million buys, 70 bucks at a million buys? Well, there was, I was a reading ESPN PR, like sent out like an apology saying they're going to do partial refunds. Fuck that. No, you got to do a full refund. Full refund. Exactly. And that, and that being said, 50%, I think at the, at the highest peak, 50% of the people that bought it couldn't watch it. That's just ridiculous. So and for I that almost, reason, I almost bought it too, and then I jumped on. I jumped on the uh, illegal bandwagon. Yeah, and at this point, yeah, Dana White, you want to come after us? We well, obviously, one, we didn't stream it, but like we we were just watching it. We weren't doing the 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 broadcasting. But no, you want to act all tough, saying we're coming for you. Fix your shit first. Fix your shit and give people their money back before you get all tough about what's, about what's illegal the, streaming. What's the saying? Those in those in glass houses. Yeah, stone. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. Don't no. Those in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. Yeah. So, so Dana, Dana White, you're my what a bum bum of the week. Just fix your shit. That's right. I'm so glad I didn't order that. I would have been pissed, I, dude. I, and I, my sister was hot, and obviously, rightfully so, paying that much money and not being able to watch a lick of that fight, um, like legally. That's a. It's it's just a joke. But if that was me. I might have thrown my phone at the TV. I'm, I I would have done something bad. Luckily, obviously, like I said, shout out to shout out to the bootleggers of the, of the world. Yeah. Um, all right. So my what a bum is the uh, Chicago White Sox front office. Oh boy. In particular, their marketing and ticket department. Stop fucking sending me emails to buy season tickets when we don't know if we can go to games yet. Yes. I'm not yes, gonna going to give you a 
dime until Pritzker says we can go back into the stands. Stop asking yes. me for money. This makes yes. no sense. Same thing goes for the Chicago Fire. We were Chicago Fire season ticket holders for a while. They keep calling me. I answered one of them. And I was saying, like, one, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to go to games this year. Realistically, we just don't know. And two, you haven't signed anybody of note in 10 <laughs> years. So I'm like, until that happens, stop calling me. But yes, go ahead. And, and this goes for all sports teams. Because, I mean, obviously, they're hungry for money. They're hungry for revenue because they're losing a lot of it. But like you can't expect people to buy season ticket plans when there's so much uncertainty in the year. Like right. it makes no sense. I was I was totally planning that this year I was going to buy a 20 game package, get four bleacher seats. I thought about doing this last year and pulled I pulled out last minute and I'm thank God I I didn't pull the trigger on that cuz that would be a waste of money and not doing it again this year. Just once they tell me that I can go back into the stands. They give me a date. Then I'll consider buying it. But stop sending me emails telling you to give you money when you don't even know what you're going to do with it. If but what am I going to? What are you going to say? I'm going to I'm going to buy a 20 game plan. Then in come August, you're going to say I can go back into the stands and I have to go to 20 games in two months. Like no, yeah. I don't got that kind of money there, guy. And so don't, and don't get us wrong. As soon as it's safe and as soon as they open and, and everybody like goes back to normal, we'll be there. Like we I can't wait. To I can't wait to go to Sox games. I can't wait, wait to go to Bears games. Like, but at this point, you can't expect people to spend money on stuff that, that, that doesn't exist. You know? Right. And I'll, I'll tell you what, that, that when we finally get to go to a game, that first tailgate, I'm drinking all of the beers. I'm not even might. making it to the game because I'm just going to be so, exactly I was gonna be I was so drunken off of Coors Light and, you know, well done hot dog or, and uh, burgers that it, I might not even make it to the game. I'm just going to go ham on, you know, tailgating, but. I, I can't more, wait to more, finally go back. This team is fun to watch. Just don't ask yeah. me for my money until you get a plan. Same thing goes for me, except for substitute the Coors Light with Modelos. <laughs> That's right. All right. So we're wrapping up this uh, tag team edition of the Bumcast. Also, before we go for sure, shout out to Greg Olson on his retirement today. Should have never been traded from the Bears in the first place because he would have had all the receiving records in Bears history. But because of Mike Martz and his fucking dumbass, they traded him away uh, yeah. for a third round pick, and we never what had a great a tight end since. Shout out, shout out, third leg Greg. He is awesome. He was, uh, I mean, obviously he was one of our best tight ends. He he was only here for a short amount of time, but he's an awesome player, great guy by all accounts, um, and he had a great career. So shout out yep. to him. And apologies to Coven Javi. I know he tried to sub in for Johnny today, but you know we just nah, who's gonna make a two man <laughs> show today? So, yeah. and shout um, out Johnny. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we get him back for uh, Wednesday show. Johnny, yes. we missed you. Yes, we did, we did for sure, my man. So we'll catch you guys on Thursday. We'll have some more breakdown of the Super Bowl and uh, any other breaking news. Trevor Bauer, for listening to this, please call Jerry and Rick and tell me you want to sign with the the White Sox. I'm getting very impatient over here, waiting for some some magic to happen on the South Side. So. Um, make sure you subscribe to us on our streaming platforms as well as Twitter and Instagram and all those social, social media channels. And we will catch you guys on Thursday. Good night, Javi. Good night, Javi. Mm-hmm.